Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Daily Thread. Today is Monday, Memorial Day, May 29th. Beautiful day. Beautiful weather outside recently, huh? Yeah, I mean, it's really spectacular weather. It continues today. Uh, it's just really, really beautiful outside, I guess. Uh, I guess, in, in a way, a Memorial Day really signals the beginning of summer, so it's like only yeah. appropriate that it should be uh, sunny and warm, but um, it's a great day outside, and I, 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 we had a parade here in the Five Towns earlier today. A parade? You know, yes, Memorial Day parade. You know, you have veterans. Uh, there was a major parade. Um, I see a couple of videos of some major parades. Um, it's an important day. Uh, I don't think it gets the type of attention that it really should get. Uh, but Do you think Memorial Day is underappreciated and really the only thing people think about Memorial Day is the fact that they have off from work and maybe school? Well, that could be said true about a, a lot of stories, a lot of holidays, I mean, a lot of situations. But I think uh, we don't appreciate Memorial Day uh, and we have to, really should have a period of time, even just for a minute or so, uh, to be able to just focus on what it's about. Uh, and the fact that we are remembering the people that sacrificed their lives for this country um, over the last several hundred years so that we could live in the freedom that we do. And right. um, you see how tenuous and and volatile things are in the world and how easy it is for a country to, to fall apart. And uh, yeah. you have to uh, be at your, at your best game. And uh, that's what uh, we have had. Absolutely. You had mentioned before we went live that there's a former president that just turned 100 years old. He wasn't. A, he was never a president. Who did you say it was? I said Henry Kissinger. Who am I? Who am I? Who am I mixing him up with? I don't know. Henry Kissinger turned 100 years old. I think yesterday, or yesterday was Sunday, or maybe it was on Saturday. Henry Kissinger turned 100. He's 100 percent uh, functioning. Uh, I have a story upstairs from the weekend Wall Street Journal that I haven't read about him yet. Uh, he was Secretary of State uh, for Richard Nixon. He was an architect of American foreign policy. He was a, a, a young Jewish boy from Germany who uh, fortunately came with his parents and his younger brother uh, to the United States before the war broke out. I think he came to the United States in 1933. And uh, he was very uh, deeply involved in the 1967 and 1973 wars between Israel uh, and the Arabs. And, the, and that, I think, in, and because he was Jewish and because he had to negotiate uh, peace, or at least a ceasefire between Israel yeah. and the Arab neighbors, it was like the first time you heard talk about, well, he's a Jew and he's going to favor Israel, so he's not going to be able to be fair to the Arabs. Is that proper? Is that right? That's really the first time I remember ever hearing talk uh, talk like that. You think that was the case? I don't. Not, any, not really, right? You know, if any, if any, if anything, it worked exactly the opposite. You know, what they say, punk for carrot. Because he was afraid of being uh, um, identified or characterized as being pro-Israel, because he's Jewish, he made it his business to do things that were not necessarily uh, serve Israel in the best possible way. So he, right. he didn't he didn't want to be viewed as being uh, as being partial to Israel. Yeah, not Harry. Well, he definitely has lived a long life, and he should continue to live uh, happy and healthy. Uh, but did you see um, over the weekend there is a a city uh, CUNY Law School commencement speaker Fatima Musa Muhammad? 
yeah. she spoke and she took the opportunity uh, at her graduation to say some pretty hateful words. And this is what she had to say. To recognize that the law is a manifestation of white supremacy that continues to oppress and suppress people in this nation and around the world. We joined this institution We joined this institution to be equipped with the necessary legal skills to protect our communities, to protect the organizers fighting endlessly day in and out with no accolades, no cameras, no votes, no PhD grants, working to lift the facade of legal neutrality and confront the systems of oppression that wreak violence on them. Systems of oppression created to feed an empire with a ravenous appetite for destruction and violence. Institutions created to intimidate, bully, and censor, and stifle the voices of those who resist. So that's, pretty, that's a pretty ridiculous thing to say at your college in America, where you're getting your law degree in America. Um, she also had more to say about Israel specifically, uh, besides her saying that America law is a manifestation of white supremacy like we just heard. Uh, she celebrated. She celebrated the fact the school endorses BDS and enabled students to fight Israeli settler, settler colonial, colonialism. She also said that Israel continues to indiscriminately rain bullets and bombs on worshippers, murdering the old, the young, attacking even funerals and graveyards as it encourages lynch mobs to target Palestinian homes and businesses. And all these things that she said, you know, she said that the school uh, supports the BDS movement was met with applause by this crowd in this college. I think that is awful. It is, again, uh, pure, unadulterated <coughs> anti-Semitism at its finest. Anti-Zionism, by the way, just for those uh, in the back, anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism. Okay? Well, yeah, there's a lot to say about that. I don't know how deeply you want to go uh, go into this, but you know, the Biden administration also... Um, uh, introduced uh, uh, some uh, theories and ideas about how to fight anti-Semitism uh, in the United States. This week, and they also compromised on it. Uh, also, they, they stopped short of saying that if you're anti-Israel, that means that you're uh, you're if you're if you're anti-Israel, that's separate from being anti-Semitic. Okay. Right. Now I think I think I know that I think and I think that you think that it's difficult or impossible to separate being anti-Israel from being anti-Semitic because if you are anti-Semitic and you're trying to hide it, you can very easily hide behind being anti-Israel. Because what right. is Israel other than a country that's made up of millions of Jews? So what could you possibly? Uh, how could you possibly differentiate uh, between the two? But guess. Who, when it came to the Biden administration policy to fight anti-Semitism, guess who fought them on not identifying anti-Semitism and being anti-Israel? Jewish organizations like J Street. They fought the idea that not to be able to to be able to separate being uh, critical of Israel, uh, critical of the Jewish state, critical of uh, Jews living in Judea and Samaria, and yeah. uh, and knocking somebody's head off on the street and pushing them down in the street in Brooklyn. Or in Borough Park or Lewisburg, separate from that, that, that that's anti-Semitism. The other thing is being anti-Israel, which is completely, completely different. And uh, it's, a, it's it's a big problem. It's very problematic. Yeah. They 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 masquerade and they had a great accomplishment in terms of 
confronting and dealing with anti-Semitism, but they really have made it made they really haven't made anything better. No, and and, and <coughs> specifically about this speech, Richie Torres uh, tweeted in response. He said, "Imagine being so crazed by hatred for Israel as a Jewish state that you make it the subject of your commence of your commencement speech at a law school graduation." anti-israel derangement syndrome at work and, and like that's the story here it's pretty ridiculous that this that this person who doesn't even deserve to be named on this program is getting up there at a commencement speech uh at our law school and just taking that opportunity to spew hatred on jews in israel um we have professors sitting behind her and just nodding their head as she's talking about how it's amazing how the school supports the bds movement and it's met by a, a, an applause from thousands of people that's, that's what a story. That's what a liberal education, especially in New York, includes these days. Um, why do you think the professors shook their head in agreement? Because they agree with her. Okay, they think that uh, being a, a, a supporter of the state of Israel is one of the worst crimes that a person could commit. They would like to see Israel dismantled, uh, deconstructed, and if possible, um, they wouldn't cry over it being destroyed. Uh, in some way. That is the yeah. philosophy of a liberal education today, especially in a lot of universities and especially in New York. Yeah. And speaking of uh, a liberalism, um, this Justin, I guess over the weekend as well, obviously we were in Yontif mode, but Target is down 11% in the last five days. Target is down 11% in the last five days. Obviously this is happening because of their new, I guess, woke agenda of selling specific clothing items and books in their store that is uh, pushing an agenda that, that parents are not comfortable with, that shouldn't be sold in Target. Uh, North Face took the same mistake, is making the same mistake now, but Target falls to a three-year low as nationwide boycott intensifies. The people on the right, the Republicans, are very happy about this. This is... Um, people standing up for what they believe in, and this is uh, this is how it, it's manifesting. Well, what do stuck, you think about uh, that? In a way, they're stuck because they can't reverse themselves exactly because they're going to come off as being intolerant and uh, uh, discriminatory. Uh, so they really just can't. It's not so not so simple to just reverse course and go back to the way things were before they started selling uh, these types of items that people find so. Uh, objectionable look what happened to a bud light uh, or budweiser beer they had the yeah. same same idea i don't know someone's making a terrible terrible miscalculation about what the united states of america is made of and what uh what, what they want i don't know how deeply you want to go into this either uh because it's a very sensitive uh yeah well so. listen i think definitely the wrong decisions are being made at the corporate level here which are taking these companies and driving them into the ground uh, we've seen it with Bud Light. We're seeing it now with Target. We're seeing it with North Face. Um, here's a tweet from Patrick Ben David. He says Target lost $9 billion in a week after introducing uh, their LGBTQ friendly kids' clothing. That's down 12%. Bud Light is down 25%. Uh, this is a lesson for all Fortune 500 CEOs and CMOs. I was reading the Wall Street Journal over the weekend, over the the percentage, the percentage of uh, people uh, that identify uh, with with what you uh, with LGBTQ uh, or that identify with a market that might patronize these types of items is a fraction of one percent. But yet, 
the the space and the time that it gets on the news, you would think it's the majority of the country. It's such a it's a it's a tiny minority. It's a fraction of one percent of people that are involved in that type of lifestyle. Right. Yeah. Well, so and, uh, so nothing. So the question is, why is it get such a disproportionate amount of attention? And I once again, it comes to the news media. The news media likes to uh, talk about salacious, sensationalist type of things that I get people to pay attention, and it uh, it creates a um, uh, a distraction that's not representative of what the reality is in the streets of America. And now these corporations are finding out, and I think it's going to be very, very difficult for them to recover from because yeah. the majority of the country doesn't like it. Yeah, it's, it's well, we're seeing this happen, um, and it's very strange. It's very strange, and it's, it's sort of a country divided, but uh, we're seeing that, again, for a company to lose $9 billion in one week, Again, that's you're 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 trying you're trying to create clothing and books and stuff that are catering to such a minority. It's not sustainable. It's not know, sustainable. Don't forget that uh, even according to the Democrats, uh, seventy-four million people voted for Donald Trump in twenty twenty. Okay, let's yeah. say eighty-one million voted for Joe Biden. I don't want to have that conversation. But the fact of the matter is, seventy-four million people, and they acknowledge that seventy-four million people voted for Donald Trump. Uh, yeah. He got a, he got a lot of votes. Okay, he lost the election. Biden got uh, seven million more votes, so he won the election. I mean, the Celtics and the the Heat are playing tonight, right? Someone's going to yeah. win. Someone's going to win. They're not going to win one twenty four to nothing. They might win one twenty four to one sixteen. Uh, but they so they scored one sixteen. Whoever the loser is, but they still lost. And someone's yeah. going to win. But they represent uh, uh, a very something very significant. Yeah. Speaking of, of the president race, something we didn't discuss in this program is that Governor DeSantis announced his bid for presidency. Uh, several months ago, you said that you had heard that Governor DeSantis will not be running for president. Obviously, things change pretty, uh, I guess, often in, in the political scene. And he announced on Twitter that he will be running. Um, and this is what David Jolly had to say in response to Governor DeSantis running. He said that Governor DeSantis is far more dangerous than Donald Trump. Ron DeSantis is a very dark figure in the political landscape, far more dangerous than Donald Trump. Um, so for starters, Donald, uh, it's going to sort of be, I guess, primaries, Trump, DeSantis, head-to-head. Who's getting your vote? Who, me? I don't know yet. Uh, I don't know who I'm going to vote for yet. I think I'm going to wait for the primaries to take place and see who the candidate is. What should I say? Who am I going to vote for if they're not going no, to I'm be saying, who are you voting nominated? For? You're not voting in the primary. You don't get oh, to vote I, oh the I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who's going to be on the ballot in the New York primary. Uh, I, I really don't know. If I had to vote for DeSantis or Trump, I have yeah, to vote for Ask me in a couple of days. I really can't tell you yet. I ask really you in a couple of days? Yet. Yeah. Let, let me, who, let me, let me think, ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Who are you going to vote for? Who has, who has a better who, chance? Who are you going to vote for? Well, I'll vote for whoever has a better chance of getting to the White House. Honestly, well, I, think I would like that... to see I would like to see the Republicans organize a little bit uh, for the better good of the country and work together a little bit. And um, my 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 uh, fantasy and my political fantasy is that Donald Trump should run with uh, Ron DeSantis as his running mate. Yeah, that's should, not happening. He should win the election and then make up with DeSantis after one year. Trump resigns. And DeSantis takes over. 
That's yeah, what America that, needs. Again, but like I think Donald Trump has has done so many crazy things over the years and said so many crazy things that it's might be political suicide for Ron DeSantis to align himself with that. Again, Donald Trump is not a politician. That's right. DeSantis is a politician. So if right. for DeSantis to align himself with Trump and his ideology is a dangerous thing for DeSantis' future. He's a young guy. Um, and I don't know. Listen, I think that I think that the question is if Governor DeSantis, uh, you know, ends up winning the primary and he's going head to head versus Biden, is Donald Trump going to go ahead and endorse? Well, a lot, people, a lot of people don't think Biden is going to be the Democratic candidate in 2024. Who else? Who else is there? Uh, We're going to have another Cory Booker. Cory Booker is going to no, run again. Who else? No, no. There's a, there's, there's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of wild speculation. Michelle Obama? Michelle? Uh, that's a possibility. Hillary Clinton is a possibility. You know, okay. uh, I think yeah. I think Hillary's political career is, is dead and gone. Well, the one person I would be worried about hello, is, Mich is Michelle Obama. Let me tell you something about Joe Biden's political career is dead and gone, and he's president of the United States. So pretty you don't have to, yeah, it's pretty impressive accomplishment considering considering he doesn't yeah. know where he is or or what he's doing. Yeah. What else you got? What else do you no, have on pretty, your agenda for today? That that's it. I, again, I would say that it's a person that I, I would be worried about is Michelle Obama. I keep hearing that name, and it keeps getting me a little nervous. Like if she runs, she has a very very real chance of winning because. Um, regardless of what we think Barack Obama did for the country, people on the Democratic side of things and maybe even the independent side of things say that Barack Obama was amazing and, you know, they might they might vote Michelle Obama. I think she would definitely win the vote over Joe Biden. So I don't know. The issue is that we have to somehow make sure we have a fair and honest election in 2024. Oh, of course. Oh, With of too course. Much, too much junk going on in, in 2020. And there was a lot of cheating, and uh, in national election, and the local elections, and the in the gubernatorial elections, and um, it wasn't. Uh, it it's just it's not not good for the country. The country, the United yep. States of America, the leader of the world, should be able to run a clean, honest, uh, and accurate uh, election. I think, and that's what we have to be concerned about. Absolutely. Well, that is our episode of the Daily Thread Memorial Day, May 29th, getting this episode a little bit later than we wanted to. But we hope you are having a beautiful day. We hope you have a beautiful week. We'll be back at you with some more episodes this week. So stay tuned. Of course, leave a rating or review on this podcast. Sign up to our WhatsApp status. Link is in the description of the show notes. Have an amazing, amazing day.